Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 317 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron. So glad that you're here with me today as I am talking to Tara T. Green. We had a fantastic conversation and a really interesting one, I think, on claiming the space for your work. You are the only one who could do your work and your writing does deserve its space. So please stick around for that. Uh, What has been going on around here? Um, I feel like I've just been proceeding apace. Yesterday, I sent out the most recent essay from the memoir that I'm writing on moving to New Zealand. And I chose to write about the writer's retreat I went on last week that I mentioned um, on the last episode. And But really focusing on the way that I honestly thought I was going to die that uh, that night, that first night of the storm. And um, it's it's kind of a funny little piece on acceptance, <laughs> working out the odds of death. I didn't really think I would die, but I thought there was maybe a 30% chance I might and how I felt about that and examining um, the difference between anxiety and excitement, which are felt the same actually in the body in many ways. Um, and and a little bit of an exploration of some Brene Brown stuff because who doesn't love Brene Brown? And for this particular essay, I just chose to stay inside a small space just that night, just that evening, that trying to sleep in the storm that I, quite a large part of myself did believe would blow this little tiny house off of the edge of the cliff and into the sea below. <laughs> Ridiculous. But I just, I just stayed in that moment and experimented with staying in that moment with a couple of tiny flashbacks to a super typhoon that I lived through when I was a teenager. And it works and I'm proud of it. And it felt really good to do uh, to do something that is um, one piece. Uh, I was talking with a friend the other day about all of the serial stuff that we read and watch when we're reading series or watching television shows um, that are in a series <sighs> or writing a novel, writing a book of any sort. There's just a lot of trudging day after day after day after day, which is great. That's what we do. And that is what we love. And then with a little essay, a 3000 word essay, it feels really good to make a whole piece. It felt like watching a movie, you know, an hour and a half, you're done. You got a whole story. And that's what writing that essay and releasing it felt like. So that was, that was nice. I mean, I, I think I normally feel that way every month when I send out an essay, but it just felt really kind of awesome yesterday to do that. So that went out. Um, Also, speaking of Patreon and perks and things like that, yesterday, the Sasha Sasha Black Black episode, uh, the first one, the Black Heron, which is me and Sasha Black talking about writing together, dropped on my show, dropped on her show. Basically, we're going to talk once a month, and then we are going to release those on our on our podcast as like a bonus episode. However, if you would like a whole month early access to that conversation, which is really going to be frank and uh, irreverent and very, very us, please, 
uh, go over to patreon.com slash Rachel and check out how you can do that. So that's super fun. We've already had our second conversation, which is going up on the Patreon site today. So as you hear this, that second episode will be available. So if you loved what you heard yesterday um, or in this in the last show, you could just jump forward, jump over the queue and go listen to the second one immediately. Honestly, I think this is going to be a little bit of a short show. I have just been working on finishing the edits for um, Seven Miracles, the developmental edit. It'll be with a copy editor by the time we talk next week. God willing, and the creeks don't rise. So um, yeah, I'll update you next week on what my next steps are. But right now I am just head down, working happily, and really, really enjoying the process. So are you enjoying your process? Are you getting to the page? Are you getting a tiny bit of work done? Are you getting a lot of work done? Um, Are you being kind to yourself? Are you allowing space for magic and inspiration to rise out of you sitting down to do the work? Because that is where the magic happens. Sit down for two minutes, you'll have an idea. Sit down for five minutes, you'll have another idea. But those new and inspiring and incredible ideas won't come unless you do sit down to do the work that feels awkward and wrong and ugly, but we show up anyway. So please get a little bit of your own work done and then come find me wherever I am on the internet and tell me about it because I'd love to hear it. And now let me give you Tara's uh, bio. Tara T. Green is a professor of African-American and African diaspora studies at the University of North Carolina, where she teaches literature and gender studies courses. She is the author of Love, Activism, and the Respectable Life of Alice Dunbar Nelson and See Me Naked, Black Women Defining Pleasure During Inter- during the Interwar Era, uh, revising, Reimagining the Middle Passage, Black Resistance in Literature, Television, and Song, and A Fatherless Child, Autobiographical Perspectives of African-American Men. For more information, she can be found at drtaratigreen.com. And please enjoy this awesome interview. Happy writing to all of you. This episode is brought to you by my book, Fast Draft Your Memoir, Write Your Life Story in 45 Hours, which is, by the way, totally doable when I tell you how. It's the same class I teach in the Continuing Studies program at Stanford each year, and I'll let you in on a secret. Even if you have no interest in writing a memoir yet, the book has everything I've ever learned about the process of writing and of revision and of story structure and of just doing this thing that's so hard and yet all we want to do. Pick it up today. Well, welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you are here. Will you share your name and your pronouns with us, please? Yes. Tara Green, she, her, hers. Tara, welcome. Um, I want to talk to you about your writing process because you get a lot done while you are doing a lot. But I also want to jump right in and talk about your new book uh, briefly too. Will you tell us a little bit about love, activism, and the respectable life of Alice Dunbar Nelson? Yes, it's about this phenomenal woman who was born in New Orleans In 1875, she died in Philadelphia in 1935. And during her lifetime, she was an activist. She was a founding member of the National Black Club Women's Movement, which allowed her to be even more of an activist, not only at the local level, where she was active with the Phyllis Wheatley Club in New Orleans, 
but also at the national level. Um, she was a suffragist. She was a journalist who focused her writing skills, her, her great writing skills on writing about others, particularly during the Harlem Renaissance, but before that as well. And she was, and this may be, may be more important, she was a teacher. She was an English mm -hmm. teacher. And so she wore many hats. She had a very interesting personal life. She was married three times to men, and she also had relationships with women as well. And so she really began to embrace who she was as she got older. And so the book covers as much as possible her private life as well as her professional life. Well, it has your book has a starred review from Booklist and from uh, Publishers Weekly, which is amazing. Congrats mm -hmm. on that. How did Alice come to you and want to be written about? Well, she was introduced to me at a, a fairly early age. I was a still student at Dillard University. And I think that I really paid attention to her because not only was she writing about New Orleans and I was in New Orleans reading about her, that's where Dillard University is located, but she also is a graduate of what is now Dillard University. At the time it was straight mm -hmm. college. And she was a writer, which I aspired to be to some extent. So we had so much in common. And also she was somebody that I didn't understand why I had to be in a college classroom, even though I had gone to schools in the New Orleans area and I had not heard of this woman. And so her writing style, what she was writing about, and the fact that she was a Black woman writing about New Orleans was something that stayed with me over decades. <laughs> and now and you have yeah, brought her. Question. Mm -hmm. oh, and now you have brought her to the world and, and, and mm -hmm. in a much greater vis visibility. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you about your writing process. You are, uh, you are a professor and mm -hmm. you are doing the requisite one million things. How and where do you get your writing done? Well, this was a 10-year journey for me. I had to go through many revisions, which was good because I think that the book represents a lot of research that happened as technology developed as well. So there were some things that were available that I might not have known about five years earlier and that I didn't know about five years earlier, for example. So um, that made it better, the willingness to do the research, but then COVID hit. And mm -hmm. so the last iteration of the book was written at a time when I was sequestered, like so many of us in my home. And I had that writing project that I was able to complete as well as finish up another book, See Me Naked, Black Women Defining Pleasure during the um, interwar era. And those two books are actually in conversation. So that's what I did. I wrote. Oh, my goodness. And so you're doing so much research and it seems like so much primary research, too. What was what was one of the most exciting things that you learned in that research? It just kind of blew your mind. 
Yeah, well, one of the things that I learned that I thought was hilarious, I, I learned a lot about her, who she was, based on reading her diaries. And so there had been an edition that a sort of condensed mm-hmm. um, edition that had been published with excerpts of her diaries, but I was able to also go to the University of Delaware where her papers are and to read the completed um, entries. And so I learned so much about her at a particular time in her life as she's getting older, after she's lost her teaching job, what it meant to be married and to struggle with her third husband. And then it sort of cuts off at the point where she gets the stability. And so then I had to do the research along with graduate students to do the research to find out, well, what was she doing in the last year of her life? And so what became more available to me that I didn't have access to earlier were these Black um, newspapers. And so because she was contributing to that and because she was such a respected member of society, which I would not have known otherwise, um, these Black newspaper databases really told me much about her life, even her her childhood. There there Mm. were some references there, as well as that last year of her life. So um, so that was pleasant. I felt like I was there were times where I was looking through her eyes at society. And then there were times where society was looking back at her. And I enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. What an intimate way to get to know her too. How old was she when she died? Well, she was quite young. So we're talking about her, the sixties, 1875 to 1935. So, yeah. Mm, Wow. How do, I know there will be listeners who are wondering this. What does your compilation process look like? How do you put all the research into a readable format? I know that's a huge question, but can you tackle Mm -hmm. it in any way? Yeah, I'm often asked that. And and in some ways it becomes blurry to me and looking back on it. And And I think that that's important too, because the research and those pieces of the research have to move and flow together with the actual writing of the narrative. And so, um, so I think that that's why visually I see it almost as a blur. So there are times that I can remember writing the chapter when I discuss her journalism, where I have all of this stuff on my kitchen table and I have to have Google because there are references made and I don't know what she's talking about. So I I have to have that to be able to to find out and to to understand historical context. And so um, so it requires if, if I just think about that one chapter, for example, it requires reading her 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 journalism, understanding when she moves from one title to the other? Is she doing something different? Are there specific themes that she's focused on? And compartmentalizing that and then writing the narrative of what is she saying and what is she responding to and why is she even writing 
about certain kinds of things at a particular time in her life. Well, for example, maybe it's because it's the Harlem Renaissance and it's difficult for her as a woman writer to get other kinds of work Mm. so um, published. So then this becomes the way in which her voice enters into that era and so not, not only is she speaking, but she's also speaking for these other writers, just like you do with your podcast. I, I always see a sort of similarity between yeah. that. The work that podcasters do um, elevates the work and, and, and enlightens audiences about these new and upcoming writers. What a, what a fabulous way to look at it. Um, how did it feel to to leave her behind and to have her out in the world after your hands are in this story and inside her life for 10 years. What was that? What was that like? Do you, do you miss that? Uh, you know, it, it was perfect in a way because the book was published on January the 13th, 2022. And that's also the anniversary, January the 13th the founding anniversary of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated of which I am a member, but of which she is an honorary member. And she also wrote the lyrics for our our national hymn. And so I was so, and I didn't choose that date. It just happened to be chosen. Wow. Yeah. So it felt like a a spiritual um, coming for her, a woman who clearly, because she kept all of this, this, about her life who clearly wanted to be known so that that just felt like a sign to me that is beautiful thank mm-hmm. you for that what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing writing anything yeah I think because I'm always thinking about audience and I writers do I think to mm-hmm. some extent regardless of the genre So I try to write work that is accessible and writing a biography, even though I've I've, one of my areas is writing biography. um, This was the first time I had only written about one person. Mm. And this is the first time that I had to revise more than I was asked to do with any other work. I mean, thankfully, I've, I've not had to, to put 10 years into any of my other books or I might might have given up <laughs> very early. But this was one that really required me to always think about all of these different audiences. And, um, you know, who, who's more likely to buy the book? Are they going to be literary folks who may know Paul Lawrence Dunbar, who may know Alice Dunbar, or are there people who are just introduced to their work and their lives, uh, particularly Alice, because that was my primary concern? Um, how do I not inundate them with, uh, you know, all the literary criticism that I would normally do? Yeah. So that that was the biggest challenge. How long should this piece be? How much should I say about this? How many times should I repeat this if somebody hasn't read the first chapter or, or, you know, those kinds of things. And that's why we thank God for editors and their their help in that. What is your biggest joy when it comes to writing? I think um, 
When I begin to write a project, I am one of these people that I'm constantly writing. I don't, when I'm driving, I'm still writing. When, I, when I'm walking around, I'm still writing. So um, being in, I guess people say being in the zone um, would be something um, and not losing that momentum. So when I say that I, that I revised for 10 years, it, it certainly wasn't over a period of, of 10 years every day for 10 years. It, right. it would be that I would write it, send it off, and then I didn't have it, so I wasn't writing it, right? And then I think I wrote two other books during that period as well. So um, because I would just get frustrated and say, I don't, I just forget about this. And, 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 I, I, and I think also staying focused regardless of, what people say. There were um, a couple of people that said that this isn't worthy of publication. And um, And you kept going in spite of that. Yeah. So, um, so really staying focused on the task and loving it because I love it. And in spite of what others may say. There could not be better words to say about writing in general mm-hmm. as well. Can you share a craft tip of any sort with us? Well, for me, research is really important. So having a space to be able to spread out and so claiming space now. What, I is have, it, what does that look like for you in your life? Um, it means that people have to walk around things. <laughs> <laughs> So Good. A, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they do. So don't <laughs> because touch I had this. to right. Yeah. I had to establish timelines in this chapter and that chapter, and so it would become frustrating to me if someone said that they were coming over, and even if it was for an appointment or something. It's just step over it. Do not <laughs> touch anything that you see on the floor. So. Uh, <laughs> But that's wonderful. And you're and you're and you claim that and you make it known and it is yours. And mm-hmm. and th- I just think that's a beautiful thing. And it's mm-hmm. also a beautiful thing to um, model for other people, mm-hmm. you know, that this is this is yours. This is what I'm doing. And you need to step around it if it's in your way. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. What a wonderful <laughs> tip. What thing in your life affects your writing in a surprising way? Probably more so, well, for me, I have to have quiet Mm. unless I have to have control over my environment in some way. So um, I actually, within that 10 year period, I was in a house and I had neighbors that moved next door and they, they were noisy. And I said, I've got to move because I can't mm-hmm. get any work done here. Mm-hmm. And so, um, again, I know that for some people that they don't have the privilege of doing that, especially depending on where you are um, geographically. Um, because I was in a house, if, if you're in New York or something, then you, <laughs> you know, you, <laughs> you have to yeah. adjust to certain kinds of things. So I am talking about a woman whose full-time job is not uh, writing, who lives in the South. 
And so I can expect a certain kind of neighborhood. Um, and I sought that neighborhood out. And thankfully, I was able to get in a place and, and I intentionally look for a neighbor where um, a neighborhood where <laughs> or at least a street where there were as many retired people as I thought that there were on that street. <laughs> So smart. Yes. And so they just were out walking their dogs. And the most irritating thing would be mowing the lawn. So, uh, <laughs> so, I, so I was looking for a retirement community, basically. <laughs> Another great tip that is fantastic. And it's again, it's about this control of your environment in order to make it a productive place to be. I had... Um, really resisted getting these, uh, iPod, what do they call? I, I can't, I earbuds, mm-hmm. whatever they are. They're the noise canceling ones from Apple. And I don't even have a yeah. Apple phone, but mm-hmm. the way that they can lock out the world and push mm-hmm. it out when the noise canceling goes on mm-hmm. is fantastic. And again, it's a privilege, but, um, yeah, mm-hmm. fantastic. What is the best book you read recently and why did you love it? And this isn't the most recent read, but this is the book that has stuck with me in um, in, in this this author's ability, which is um, the girl with the louding voice by Abi uh, Dere. It's just um, it's, you know it's it's about a Nigerian, a little girl who's in Nigeria, who Nigeria who has who makes decisions about what her life will be like in this patriarchal society mm. and it is just because I'm a fan of the ways in which women can resist which is why I, I wrote a book about Alice Dunbar Nelson I mean it comes out in all of my work resistance and so that novel is an inspiration of a focus on a little girl who's coming of age. Oh, I love that. Would you say that resistance is your core theme? Is it, is that the thing you go back to the most? Yeah, I think so. As a black feminist writer and scholar and, and person, the, certainly I, I think that we always have to be in a stage of resistance because we're, we always have a list of things that we are trying to navigate and um, think about ways to negotiate, not just to survive or to thrive, but to actually live. I believe that we have a right to happiness. Mm-hmm. And so I see somebody like Alice Dunbar Nelson fighting for that at a time in which she, she does have to fight for mm-hmm. so much. And so much of what she was fighting for, women are still fighting for. Mm-hmm. You sound like you were the perfect person to bring this book to the world. You know, you were that for Alice. And I just think that is phenomenal. Thank you so much. Where can we find you on the internet? Yes. Well, www.drdrtarotygreen.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. This was fantastic. It was so nice to speak to you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? 
You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends. <laughs>